0: of God series, I encourage you, as I've said, each week, if you missed any weeks, please keep up and try to stay connected because they all work together. But today uh, we're going to talk about the shoes of peace, being fitted in the gospel of peace uh, that God has called us to. So open your Bibles, take out your notes. Uh, I hope you have this highlighted and hopefully we're getting close to memorizing it. But let's read Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we've been saying each week that this is not like just... Paul wanted to write this to us so we would have sermon illustrations or kids' med- ministry needed something to put on flannel graph. Like, no, this, this is important. This is critical stuff. Paul would have been in a jail cell probably looking at a Roman guard and, and talking about all these. The Jewish mind, whenever Jesus spoke in a parable or gave a picture, they didn't say, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. They studied it deeply. What does it mean, shoes of peace? What could this mean? What could that mean? And I believe that when we were given this, it's for us to be able to do that, to dive in and to connect with its meaning. Uh, the reality is in our life that shoes, we have all kinds of shoes options. Some people uh, are really into shoes. Some people, you you just have closets full of shoes and you can't stop buying shoes. <laughs> some people that way, some people that I don't even care. They just had the same shoes for so many years. But shoes set us up for different things. Uh, each different kind of shoe could set you up for some things. So we're going to do a little test today. We're going to play a little game. I, I brought some pictures of some shoes that we're going to just... Say out loud what we feel like those shoes are setting you up for. So the first shoe that we'd see, what would this be setting us up to do? Golf. To golf. This would be a golf shoe. Now, I've tried a bunch of different golf shoes. None of it helps. Uh, but, but they say you should have a golf shoe. So this would set you up for golfing. The next one would set you up to ballet, to dance, maybe to do dance. That would set you up for that. Uh, the next one here would set you up to ride a horse, maybe line dance, Just walk around in Borculo. That seems to be what you would do with those. That's what you would do with those. Uh, I'm throwing shade at Borculo, but I just bought a house there. So uh, that's me. Those are actually mine. I ordered those. That's from my receipt. So that's going to be me there. Uh, What would these next shoes set you up for? They would set you up to never go on a date. That's what those would do. If that's your go-to, you're never going to get a date with those ones there. Somebody right now is like, I knew I shouldn't have worn my Crocs today. No, man, they're holy shoes. They're meant to be in church. You're good. You're good. You're just using them wrong. You're using them wrong. People don't know this. These are actually, they're, they're meant to be used like this, the, the Glock on a Croc. They're, they're personal defense shoes. You're just using them wrong. That's your personal defense shoe right there. And uh, you just got to use them right. But they, they set you up for things. They set you, shoes set you up for things. And the gospel of peace sets us up for things. It sets us up for things. I remember as a kid, uh, they you know you would be branded like these shoes. You gotta get them. Uh, As a kid, you remember? I remember thinking like, if I can get those shoes, I'll be able to run faster. And you put those shoes on, and you wouldn't run any faster. Uh, The Reebok pumps. If you don't know what a Reebok pump is, it's on the tongue of the shoe. You can pump them up. They get tighter. In the commercial for Reebok pumps when I was a kid is this guy. He looks at the hoop, and then he looks at his shoes, He looks, at, and then he pumps them up, and then he can slam dunk because these Reebok pumps. And so we all got Reebok pumps, and we looked at the hoop, and we pumped them, and we couldn't dunk. We still couldn't dunk. I got Converse React. If you ever heard of those, this was real high tech. I got these Converse React shoes. They had gel in the bottom of them. I just thought, dude, I'm going to be so good because I have gel in the bottom of my, didn't make a difference. We get sold. These things are going to make a difference, but I'm here to tell you that the gospel of peace on your feet will make a difference in your life. Can I get an amen? So each week we've had a different illustration of, of what it looks like, what it might be like uh, to put on this armor in the, First week we talked about the belt of truth is kind of equal to a weightlifting belt as you put that belt of truth around you it stabilizes your core it gives you the ability to handle things that are heavy and uh, last week uh, we talked about the breastplate of righteousness being like uh, a bulletproof jacket or an armored vest and and it and it, and it protects you and it, it protects vital organs and guards your heart and and as i said the last couple of weeks as i was setting out to find illustrations i i I thought man in the first week, who do I know that, like, is into getting gains and, and being swole? Like, who's going to have a weightlifting belt? And so I asked Vanessa, you know, and she brought me hers. And then last week, I was like, man, who do I know that would have a bulletproof vest that would really be into armored protection? And, uh, and so, of course, I asked Vanessa to borrow her bulletproof vest. <laughs> and then today I was like, hey, like, who do I know that would have, like, fighting shoes? Like, do I know anybody who was, like, a wrestler or a cage fighter and then I was like, oh, Vanessa was a cage fighter. I remember when she was going to Michigan State, she was a cage fighter. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, she used to go by the cage fighting name of Vanessa, you don't want to contesta. That was her name. And, uh, and so I said, Vanessa, like, can you bring me your cage fighting shoes? They're going to go with the thing. And uh, and she was like, yeah, sure. And then she said, these ones are actually special because in her amateur days she beat, I'm trying to get the name right. The first person she beat was like uh, Ronda Rousey, I think was the name. Yeah. So these are from that match. Ronda Rousey she beat. And uh, and what's crazy is uh, she had a promising career until they implemented performance enhancing testing. And then it just went downhill from there. But thank God Vanessa's in our church because she's helping carry this series for us. So But let's look at these soldier shoes. Let's stop having fun. We're not supposed to do that in church, so knock it off. But the joy of the Lord is not your strength. Soldier shoes were very strategic, actually, of these of these guys. Uh, that would, would, it was a very strategic shoe it 's not like somebody just kind of haphazardly said, "Hey, try these when you go into battle." They were met in, with a lot of function, and so they would be one uh, tied very specifically, and so it 'd be a little bit more like a an old school pro wrestling boot. it would go quite a ways and, and there would be really strategic tying that went into place. Uh, another thing that they did was they nailed nails through the bottom of them and, and of course cut them off to not irritate their feet, but they, they put their own spikes into them, and the purpose of the shoe for the soldier was to make sure it had stability and mobility for the soldier. They needed stability, and they needed mobility, and now the gospel of peace we're going to learn today is the same purpose. God's saying, I need you to fit yourself with the gospel of peace so that you can be a Christian who walks in not only stability, but also mobility, Uh, I see in church, there's kind of two sides of the road. You see some people who say, okay, I've gotten saved. I know Jesus is my savior. Uh, And now I'm just going to be, I'm I'm good with the stable part. I just want to stay put. I don't, I don't want to risk. I don't want to step out in faith. I just, I got this gospel of peace. I know that God has secured me, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to be mobile. I'm not going to be activated. I just want to be here. And then you have some other people that are more on the mobility side of it, where God has saved them, and God has called them, and they're inspired. But they're all over the place. They're never finishing. They're never fitted. They're never set. They're never in the stable place. They're always starting this and doing this, and God told me to do this. And then he took, changed his mind, and he told me to do this. And they're all over the place. We need both stability and mobility, and the gospel of peace helps us do both. The understanding of the gospel of peace helps us do both. Uh, stability is the first thing we'll look at. Because of the cleat that would have been on their shoe, they had the ability to stand firm. As the scriptures, Paul's saying, be someone who can stand firm, stand your ground, stand up. Uh, They were able to stand firm because of the, the, the spikes. What you wouldn't want as a soldier would to go into battle and be slipping all over the place. You wouldn't want to go charge at your enemy and be slipping and having to get up from off the ground. And I believe that God wants us to have the gospel of peace active in our life so that we aren't slipping all over the place. That we're not making a mess. When the, when the tough times come, we aren't slipping and falling again. Oh, here comes the Christians. They're going to go fall all over themselves again. No, we're going to be, we're going to be rooted. We're going to be stable. We're going to be standing. Can I get an amen? So they could stand and they weren't, they weren't pushed over quickly. Uh, they weren't somebody who could just be overthrown. They were, they were held. Uh, I thought about it like this. As the world falls, the Christians are people who aren't going to fall like the world falls. We're not going to sway because we have a solid footing. We're not going to be slipping. If you ever walk through mud and you're all unstable and sliding and slipping, we're not going to be sway walking like that. We're going to be grounded and, and securely uh, walking and fitted in the gospel of peace. We ought to be people, because the gospel of peace has secured our footing and stabilized our footing, we ought to be people who aren't moved by much. When you get that doctor's report, you can stay in peace. Why? Because you're you're grounded in the gospel of peace. When your kids start going aside and and you're worrying about their future, you don't got to let worry on the inside of you. Why? Because you've fitted yourself in the gospel of peace and you have solid footing. Maybe for you, it's job loss or the finances don't start lo- aren't looking good. Or even for some of us, politics for you, it's just got you slipping in your footing. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to think. I don't know what the things are. No, no. You have the gospel of peace securely fitted to your feet. You can stand no matter what things look like. Can I get a amen? Yeah. Mobility is the other thing. So we got stability. We got traction. We got secure ground. But then we also, they were created to be mobile. They weren't these big, heavy things around them. They were able to be able to maneuver and, 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 and be on guard and to be able to re- react quickly. Uh, I'm grateful that we aren't like the, England, the guards in England. You know, they, they sit there and they can't smile and everybody tries to make them smile and they're just sitting. There's no mobility to those guys. Those guards are just sitting maybe hours all day, maybe for 15 years, their, their tenure is just, is just staying. You know, they're just, they've been trained to be people who stay. And my worry is if we don't understand the gospel of peace, if we don't understand that it's a stability thing, but also a mobility thing, the church might just be those people who just stand around. They look right. They look put together, but they don't know how to be active. Are you with me? They don't know how to react because they've just been so standstill come to church, same old thing, same old classes, same old stuff. When God is saying, Hey, we, we got to be on the move. Mobility is what the gospel of peace helps us do. A mobile soldier can move quickly into battle, and there's times where you're called to jump in front of things. Some things come into your kid's life. You ought to be mobile enough that you can jump in front of that and defend them. Things come into the community or things come into your church or things come into your job place. You need to be mobile enough to jump in and defend what needs to be defended. Can I get an amen? Amen. And the gospel of peace helps us and equips us to do that the gospel of peace. We're going to talk about the gospel here in a minute, uh, but the gospel is the good news. And Jesus so believes in us being mobile people with the gospel of peace that when he's leaving and he gives us our mission, says, so I've come and I've died for your sins and, and you spend eternity with me, this is the gospel. But he's saying now, here's what I want you to do with the good news. I want you to go. And he gives us the great commission we did a whole series on let's go not too long ago. Why? Because God understands the gospel of peace is to secure you and give you a stable place, but it's also so that you can be a people who go and make a difference with it. Because you're fitted in the gospel of peace, it gives you the ability to go out and make a difference. And so Paul is saying, be fitted with both the the, uh, stability and mobility. I wrote it down like this. Peace should define the believer. When we look at A believer, a Christian, a Christ follower, and you begin to describe and someone begins to articulate what a believer is, they ought to say, oh, that's a peace person. Christians, those are peace people. I understand that a Christian walks in peace and brings peace to atmosphere. Uh, You could say it this way. Peace should be the default of the believer. The default should not be anger. The default should not be worry. Your first reactions should not be judgment and negativity you should not be the complaining people. Oh, here comes the Christians. They're going to have something negative to say. They're going to come whining again. Watch out for the Christians. They, they got something to say. The Christians shouldn't be dividing. Uh, we come in, oh, we're going to create division here. We're going to create division there. The characteristic of a Christian and a believer is somebody who brings peace. Truly, the hippies hijacked it. Really, Christians ought to show up, on, peace, man, peace. Oh, here come those Christians again, man. They're all about that peace. We'll talk about it in a minute. But all the way down to Jesus was so about peace that he had his disciples and fellow believers. They would show up to a house before they'd come in. Peace, bro. (laughs) Shalom, right? Peace, peace. We got to take it back from the hippies. Are you with me? (laughs) Philippians chapter four, verse seven, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What we have to understand about the gospel of peace is when we have Jesus on the inside of us, when we've made him Lord and Savior, we then have peace that comes from the inside out. We have this ability to cast peace from within. And the scripture says that peace being fitted in the gospel of peace does what? It guards our hearts and guards our minds, which gives you the ability to go through things that other people wouldn't make it through. And you can go through it keeping your peace. Uh, the scripture, uh, I, I wrote it down like this. You can say it like this. Peace is what I can have because Christ lives in me. Peace is what we can have because Christ lives in us. I'm telling you, you don't have to be a roller coaster Christian with all the ups and downs of, does God love me? Is he for me? Has he called me? Has he not called me? All of these emotions. I understand that serving God is hard. And I understand that it takes battle and it takes fight and it takes things. But I also believe that that peace from the inside of you can come out. That you can go through things with peace when other people can't. There's a lot of reasons for us to be grateful for our salvation and for God in our life. Obviously, forgiveness of sin and eternity in heaven, but also the covenant that we have of right standing with God. We talked about righteousness. We have angelic protection. We have all of these things that are amazing about being a believer. But I think one of the things at the top of the list is you have the ability to go through this life with a peace that other people can't understand. I thought about it like this. Uh, for us, uh, this, it's more than just the good news. It's this peace uh, I'm gonna break something down to you. The gospel. We got to talk about the gospel. Uh, people say, if you ask your kids, uh, "What's the gospel?" You know, tell me what, what's the gospel. Well, Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. Yes. But there's a whole bunch of stuff that he brought with him at that time. There's a whole bunch of things that got unlocked for that. So I'm going to give you the breakdown here, because in order for us to walk with our feet fitted in the gospel of peace, we need to understand what the gospel has provided for us. So I'm going to give you back into my youth pastor days. This is going to be a little bit teachy uh, and, and, and it's really simple Uh, But I I hope that you know this. If your friend ever comes up to you and says, hey, tell me about the gospel. Tell me about what you're living for, Uh, you're gonna be able to break it down in just A B C. These three things you should be able to say. I'm dipping into my youth pastor days, but let me explain these to you. So A is this. This is the first thing we need to do. This is how the gospel works. You need to admit that you're a sinner first thing somebody has to do is they have to understand that we live in a fallen world, we live in a broken world, and we were not born at peace with God. We have to come to the realization that we need a savior, that we need somebody to save us from our sin and save us from our lifestyle, and uh, there's no good conversation, there's no personal cleanup that you could do to be good enough to go, you got to admit that you need a savior to save you. So that's the A, is that you need to admit, and then B is you have to believe, You could say, oh, I need a savior. But if you don't believe that your savior is Jesus Christ, the scripture says there's only one way to heaven and it's through Jesus. And so unless we believe on him, you're not going to make it. So the B is believe. You have to believe Jesus is the answer and that he paid the price for your sin. There's too much teaching out there that says, well, you know, Jesus was, um, he was such a good teacher. He was a prophet. He was a really good man. No, we have to believe that he paid a sacrifice for us and he is Lord of all and King of Kings. Can I get an amen? So we admit it, we believe it. And then lastly, uh, the C is you have to change. One word that we would use is repent. It doesn't do you any good, right, to admit it. And believe it, but if you don't change your ways, if you don't change your lifestyle, you won't ever walk in the fullness that God has for you. we got to do it God's way. So for His peace to become a part of our lives, we have to start doing things God's way. And here's why it's so critical. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says this, "'For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders.' And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You're going to see a theme here over the next several scriptures that God really wants you to understand. When you're a Christ follower and Jesus dwells on the inside of you, the reproduction of that should be peace in your life. Peace and production of peace and walking in the fullness of peace because the Prince of Peace is now dwelling and leading from the inside out. Colossians 3 15 says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Don't let the tabloids rule in your hearts. Don't let the bank statements. Don't let the doctors report. Don't let what everybody else is saying about you and your family rule in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It says, since as members of one body, you were called to wisdom. You were called to power. No, you were called to peace we're called in this thing walking as a body of Christ we're called to be the people of peace it says and be thankful john chapter 14 verse 27 peace i leave with you my peace i give you i do not give you the i do not give you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid here's what i love about god any time he gives you an instruction it's because he believes it's possible for you he knows it's for you It would be cruel for him to say, oh, don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid if that wasn't possible for you. It's possible for you to walk and live in such a way fitted in the gospel of peace that you can walk without a troubled heart, without all these fears and anxieties. God is saying, if you you put this fitting of gospel of peace in your life, it's possible for you. I love that he says that I don't give you peace as the world gives you peace. Uh, The world gives you peace like this. Hey, you got to plan this vacation. If you can just get here, oh, you're going to experience peace and you're going to be so happy and content. Or they say, oh, if you could just get to this place, man, if you move to this neighborhood, you'll finally be at peace because it'll be the right home for you and your family. You can or a spa day. Oh, if you could just really just, you know, bougie it up, just find luxury, you'll be at peace and it'll just change who you and it doesn't. Or entertainment. No, you know what you do? You got to go live a little. You got to go be entertained. This, is the, this will bring you peace if you're entertained and it doesn't. The enemy will even try to tell you another person. Oh, if you could just, if you could just get with a, that person or if that person would be in life, if you could find someone like this, then you'll find peace and happiness in the realities. It's not found in that either. Unfortunately, the time that we live in, you're really being sold, uh, oh, peace will come uh, if you take this prescription or if you consume this or if you puff that or if you do this, that's where you'll find peace. Are you with me today? But Jesus is saying, no, 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 where peace comes from is its understanding and being securely fitted in the gospel and all that God provided for us. That's why the advantage of a believer is they can go through turmoil, and they can still have peace. I've been in rooms where families are worshiping extravagantly while holding the hand of their loved one who's full of cancer, and they can still worship, and they can still speak praise, and they can. So- How do you do that? It's because they're fitted in the gospel of peace. I've seen funerals where they've believed for miraculous healings and signs and wonders to take place. And and the Lord chose to take them home and they get up and they preach the gospel, even though the outcome wasn't what they wanted. How in the world can you possibly do that? It's because they're fitted in the gospel of peace and they know that the Prince of Peace is dwelling and living on the inside of them. Are you with me today? That's what our advantages are. Uh, I thought about it like this. Situational based peace will cause slipping. You say, oh, you know, well, if this happened, then I'll be happy. If this happened, you're going to cause slipping. It'll cause slipping. Savior-based peace will create stability. When we say, no, 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 my peace comes from what Jesus did for me. My peace comes from my Lord and Savior. This is where my peace comes from. You'll have stability. Uh, And then here's what we know. Here's kind of the part two uh, to this is once you've learned that you have peace on the inside of you and the gospel of peace is fitted to you, then you are called to then be a person who now makes peace. You have peace, but then God calls us to be peacemakers. As Christians, you ought to walk into situations and bring peace. I believe this. When Christians get involved in things, things should get better, not worse. When Christians get involved in social media, it ought to get better. There shouldn't be more division. There shouldn't be more hostility. There shouldn't be more negativity. When Christians get involved in these things, there ought to be more peace and love and grace and forgiveness. Am I telling the truth today? When Christians get involved in the workplace, it ought to be better and healing and more peaceful. If Christians are coming in and being divisive and being negative and setting up, that's not the way God's called us to live. He's called us to be the peacemakers. How and why? Because we have peace coming out on the inside of us. Are you with me today? One of our favorite verses that we love to hear, Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, not the other person, live at peace with the people you like. (laughs) Oh, whoops. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what they're saying. It doesn't matter on their end. That's not if it's possible for you, whatever it takes for you to live at peace with somebody, then that's what we're called to do. Jesus really doubles down on this. Uh, Jesus, you know, there was a left and a right in scripture. Uh, There was this left and right parties, if you will. There was Jew and Gentile. And not only was there Uh, opinions. It wasn't just opinions. There was literally lifestyle structures that said, these two don't go together. We don't unite Jew and Gentile. And so Jesus comes on the scene and he's like, no, no, no. I want this message to be loud and clear that I don't care about left and right. I want to see unity and peace among people. And so he gives us this in Ephesians chapter two, verse 14. It says, for he himself is our peace. Who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Barrier and dividing walls of hostility almost sounds like today. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them, God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we have access to the Father by one spirit. Jesus is saying, hey, I know there's a left and right. Hey, I know that you guys see things differently, but I have come in a way that even in that, you can have peace. I'm dividing. I'm tearing apart this hostility. I'm tearing apart all of this. And so right here, even in this place, the purpose of the cross is not just that we get along, it's that we can make a difference. I want you to think about this. At this time, Jew and Gentile, they probably even had personal history. They probably looked across the room and were like, wait a minute, you are the one who... And Jesus is saying all of that gets pushed aside because peace I'm bringing to both of you. And that's how the body of Christ needs to be made up. We're never going to be the same, but we can have unity. Reality is in this room, we all have very strong opinions differently. Some people have an opinion about a way of parenting. The other believe totally differently. Some people believe uh, in eating this way. Some people are vegans and we pray for them. And so some, we have different things. Some people voted for the man who's incredible, and he's perfect, and he makes everything. Some people voted for that guy. Some people voted for Brandon, and, and, and they just we, it's different. We all have different things. We all have different things. But here's what we got to understand. We need to work toward peace. We need to work toward peace. And I just want to say something about the cancel culture. Uh, you know, this cancel culture is going on. Everybody says the wrong thing. You get canceled, canceled. I've been trying to get canceled for a year and a half. You guys keep leaving me up here. (laughs) Cancel, 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 cancel. If we're not careful, if we're really not careful, what reigns in the world tries to make its way into the church. And if we're okay, I don't like that. I'm starting my own. I don't like that. We're doing our own thing. I don't like that. Come with me over here. We're going to start doing that in church. And we're called to be one, not a whole bunch of ones inside a one. God is saying, hey, no, no, no. And so I think you need to just relax. I think I would love to be Jesus where he gets these two together, Jew and Gentile. And he's probably just watching them, watching. And he's I imagine that it's like, hey, we're different, but just relax. It's good that we're different. It's good that we have different opinions on things. You need to relax a little bit, make a little joke about it, because at the end of the day, we love one another. Are you with me? So Jesus is actually really getting to this point of like, hey, I know that there's this huge divide, but you know what? We can still find oneness. I'll close with this. This is how much God really wants us to walk in this peacemaking mentality. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessing is attached to our level of making peace among people. You have blessing waiting for you. If you can be a person who sets out and seeks out being peace people, fitted in the gospel of peace, peace coming out from the inside of you because the Prince of Peace is in you, but also then knowing that you can go out and be a peacemaker says blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. The example here is like this. Uh, If you've ever seen a son of somebody you knew well, oh my gosh, he's just like his dad. That boy right there, he's just like his dad. Oh, that girl right there, she is just like her mom. Look at her, just like her mom. I can tell in a second, that's so-and-so's daughter. That's so-and-so's son. That's what this scripture's saying. The way we walk around, the way we live, the world ought to look at them and say, gosh, they are just like God. Look at the way they make peace. Look at the way that they're trying to bring people together. Look at the way that they're trying to heal. You can tell that they're the offspring of God because they're peacemakers. They're people who bring peace in war there's two kinds of peace people. One is a peacekeeper. A peacekeeper ke- comes in. peacekeeper comes in and says, "Hey, stop, stop the bombing. Cease fire."